Good evening, everyone. It is just after 8.30 in the evening here, July 5th, Northern California. Hope everyone had a good 4th of July. Hope you didn't do anything too stupid, but I hope you had fun at the same time. And of course, this is the 12th episode of our weekly news roundup going from June 28th to yesterday, the 4th of July. And yesterday, we also recorded the news roundup for the prior two weeks and uh, put that out yesterday as well. Again, sorry for that being late, but better late than never. Before we get started, this podcast is sponsored by Mission Essential Gear, your one-stop combat shop, home of the Tools, the tactical handbook for unit leaders, and that's available at megearco.com or Amazon. And real quick, of course, you could find our blog with Mission Essential Gear on stayready.me if you want to check that out. We got some good articles. And Let's get started. And let's get started with the COVID-19 numbers and news. So the week began with 9,984,000 cases, 498,000 deaths, and 5,053,000 recoveries. Week ended with 11,270,000 cases, 530,000 deaths, and 6,054,000 recoveries. And of course, those are worldwide numbers. On the 28th, Chinese authorities implemented the lockdown of, I believe it's pronounced, Anjin County in uh, Hebei province in response to emerging clusters in Hebei and in Beijing as well. One member from each family will be allowed to leave their homes once per day to gather necessities such as food and medicine. Other than that, you got to stay home. The county had a population of over 420,000 in 2006. It's likely much more than that now, but I couldn't find any updated numbers on that. On July 3rd, the Pakistani Foreign Minister Shah Mahmood Qureshi tested positive for COVID-19, becoming uh, one of the newest um, global leaders, I guess you could say, to test positive for this. Also on the 3rd, the EU approved the use of remdesivir for treatment. Uh, of course, the United States was the first to approve the drug for COVID-19 treatment, and then India after that, so the EU is the third major government entity that has done this. And also on the 3rd, an investigation by the Federal University of Santa Catarina found traces of the virus in sewage samples from Florianopolis drawn on uh, November 2019. That's three months before Brazil's first confirmed case. And I don't know if you guys remember, I talked about this a while ago. They actually attributed a death in Brazil to COVID-19, I believe back in December, and again, that was months before Brazil had their first case too. And then yesterday on the 4th, the Catalan government in Spain locked down the county of Segria with about uh, 200,000 people inhabiting it. This is the first lockdown order in Spain since the nation's state of emergency order expired. And we'll move on to Europe. On June 30th, Germany's defense minister announced a partial dissolution of the country's elite commando force, the KSK. She cited increased concerns over right-wing extremism in the unit and it becoming somewhat independent from the broader chain of command of the Bundeswehr. And of course, the Bundeswehr is Germany's armed forces. She also cited a recent disappearance of 48,000 rounds of ammunition and over 137 pounds of explosives from the unit's inventory. One of the unit's four companies will be disbanded entirely where extremism is supposedly most present. 
excuse me, military intelligence said that there was 600 suspected far-right supporters in the military generally, with 20 of those being in the KSK. And the KSK has a strength of about 1,400 soldiers. Until further notice, the unit's duties will be shifted to other units in the Bundeswehr, and the unit will not participate in international exercises or missions. And again, that's until further notice. Moving on to the Middle East, on June 28th, authorities in Sarkano Kunar province in Afghanistan announced the arrest of four fighters with ISIS-K along with an array of small arms. And of course, ISIS-K is the Islamic State's what they call province in Afghanistan that has been seeing some pretty big defeats here this past year, actually. So that's that's good. These guys... Uh, keep surrendering themselves and you know hopefully the afghan government is making progress on that front next day on the 29th an attack on the pakistan stock exchange in the capital of karachi left two guards and one policeman dead the four attackers which used rifles and grenades were all killed by security forces the balochistan liberation army claimed responsibility for the attack Iranian Prime Minister Imran Khan actually blamed India for being behind the attack. Pakistan regularly blames India for supporting the Baloch separatist groups, which it has repeatedly denied. Also on the 29th, at least 23 civilians are killed in the Sangun district of Afghanistan when rockets hit a cattle market uh, during busy shopping hours. Children are among the dead. The Taliban and the Afghan government both blame each other. Also on the 29th, Iran issued an arrest warrant for President Donald Trump and over 30 others for their role in the killing of Major General Qasem Soleimani in January. Iran asked Interpol to help them carry out that arrest and Interpol refused. So that's, uh, yeah, that's not going anywhere. And in between July 2nd and July 4th clashes between the Syrian Arab Army and ISIS left 16 Syrian soldiers and about 28 ISIS fighters dead. That's according to the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights. And we will take a quick break and then we'll finish it off with Africa, the Pacific Islands, Asia, and the Americas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And we're back with Africa. On June 28th, Sudan detained 122 of its nationals that were attempting to travel to Libya in order to fight as mercenaries in the nation's civil war. According to Brigadier Jamal Juma, a spokesperson for the Rapid Reaction Forces, eight children were actually among those 122 looking to go to Libya to fight. So Libya has a big problem right now with mercenaries fighting in its civil war. So you have the GNA 
being allied with Turkey, and Turkey is bringing in foreign fighters from Syria uh, by the way of the Syrian National Army. And the LNA is allied with Russia, which is, of course, bringing in mercenaries from the Wagner Group. So this is going to keep being a problem for Libya. Right now, they have a ceasefire going on between the GNA and the LNA, but that's probably not going to last too long. Next day on the 29th, the UN Security Council voted unanimously to extend the UN peacekeeping mission in Mali until June 30th, 2021. The mission, which goes by its French acronym MINUSMA, will continue to comprise of up to 13,289 military and 1,920 police personnel. On the 1st, France suspended its role in NATO's naval mission in the Mediterranean. The goal of the NATO mission is to enforce an arms embargo in Libya. The suspension comes after an incident between the French frigate Corbet, I'm sure I mispronounced that, but whatever, and two Turkish vessels. The Corbet was attempting to stop and search a Turkish civilian ship that was suspected of violating the embargo. According to the French, the ship in question was actually being escorted by the three Turkish naval ships. The Corbet backed off after being, quote, lit up by Turkish targeting radar three times. I need to mention this. These are two NATO nations, Turkey and France. This is not good. This should not be happening. Turkey rejects France's account, saying that the Corbet acted, quote, aggressively. It's important to note that Turkey does play a role in the Libyan civil war, like I talked about earlier, deploying mercenaries in the form of the Syrian National Army to fight with the GNA while providing other support as well, including drones, um, armored fighting vehicles, that sort of stuff. On the 2nd in Mali, gunmen on motorbikes attacked an ethnic Dogon village in the center of the country. At least 32 civilians were killed, and that was likely a jihadist attack, but it's not really clear who exactly is behind it. Next day on the 3rd, also in Mali, 9 Malian soldiers were killed in an ambush by jihadists in, I'm sorry, in or around the city of Mopti. The soldiers were dispatched to help bury the civilians that had been killed the day before. Next day on the 4th, a remote-controlled mine in uh, Baidawa in Somalia killed 5 civilians and injured 10. A suicide car bomb killed at least 5 in Mogadishu. Both attacks were carried out by Al-Shabaab. Moving on to the Pacific Islands. On the 30th of June, Fiji quarantined 162 of its soldiers after they recently returned from a peacekeeping mission in the Sinai Peninsula. They were quarantined over concerns that they may have come into contact with infected persons. The nation only has 18 confirmed cases, all of which have since recovered, so it has no active cases right now. Hopefully it stays that way. Moving on to Asia, also on June 30th, China passed a controversial, quote, national security law involving Hong Kong. A new committee for safeguarding national security is being set up in Hong Kong and will operate in complete secrecy. It gives, excuse me, it gives Beijing a wide range of powers in Hong Kong to enforce law, particularly when cracking down on pro-democracy protests. For simplicity's sake, let's just say any law that applies to mainland China essentially implies, excuse me, essentially applies in Hong Kong as well. 
one country, two systems is practically over, and Hong Kong is basically reconnected with mainland China uh, simply by the passing of this act. People are already being arrested under this national security law. Um, people arrested in Hong Kong for certain crimes can be extradited to Beijing. Um, in some cases, their trial doesn't even require witnesses. Um, or in some cases, they don't even require a trial. They could just be put in prison for violations of arbitrary laws. But, yeah, I don't want to go into a rabbit hole on that. So, on July 4th, two U.S. Navy aircraft carrier strike groups are set to conduct drills in the South China Sea as China also carries out drills in the region. The USS Reagan and the USS Nimitz are carrying out operations to, quote, support a free and open Indo-Pacific. This comes after Taiwan deployed Marines to the Pratas Islands in the region for the first time since 2000, and that was also in response to these Chinese drills that are going on. And we'll end it off here in the Americas. On July 1st in Irapuato, Mexico, gunmen attacked a drug rehabilitation facility and killed 26 people. This is one of the worst mass killings since President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador took office 19 months ago. Guanajuato's Attorney General Carlos Samaripa designated a special team to investigate the incident. Next day on the 2nd, U.S. District Judge James Bosberg issued a warrant for the seizure of more than 1.1 million barrels of gasoline being carried in four Iranian tankers that are en route to Venezuela. The U.S. government claims that the tankers are in violation of sanctions on Iran. It's not yet clear how exactly the U.S. plans to seize all this oil. And busy day in Mexico on the 3rd, a convoy of soldiers are ambushed in Nuevo Laredo. They return fire, killing 12 gunmen. They themselves take no casualties. The gunmen are believed to have been from the Cartel de Noreste and a uh, split-off cartel from the old Zetas. In the city of Torreon, officers killed five suspects after being fired on. And lastly, in the state of Guanajuato, again, gunmen killed five state police officers and wounded two others in an ambush. And that's all we got for you guys this week. So, of course, appreciate you listening. Again, this is sponsored by Mission Essential Gear. You could find their stuff on megearco.com or on Amazon. Of course, you could find our blog with Mission Essential on stayready.me. You could find us on Instagram at Analyze Educate. Same handle for Twitter. Um, and, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. I got another podcast coming out. Actually, within the next couple of days, I did an interview with Shooter Rugi last week. So that will be coming out. Just need to edit it real quick and then finish it up. It'll get posted. And then we will see you next week for another news roundup. So I'll catch you guys then. Thanks.